Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I finally got the chance to sit down with Ray Ripple. She's been nicknamed the Human CNC because of her mad plasma torch skills that you might have seen on the show Metal Shop Masters. We talk about her passion for inspiring the next generation to follow their dreams and live an authentic life. We dive into the stigmas around metal artists in the eyes of the industry, talk about her collaboration with Harley Davidson for Born Free, and she even gives us a knowledge bomb about how your thoughts help shape your reality. We dive in right after a word from our sponsors. Upgrade your welding game today with the highest quality leather products from Outlaw Leather USA. Their welding hoods, arm pads, and handles are expertly crafted with premium materials to provide long-lasting durability and stunning visuals. Don't settle for less than the best. Experience unbeatable protection and comfort with Outlaw Leather USA's custom leather products. As a special bonus for listening to the podcast, you can get 10% off your order by using the special promo code WELD10 at checkout. Upgrade your welding gear now at Outlaw Leather USA. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop-start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're crazy and don't know who you are? My name is Ray Ripple. If you don't know already, I have always participating on a show on Netflix called Metal Shop Masters. You may have seen me on Discovery Channel a little bit, a couple of commercials with Northern Tool. I have a children's book about a little girl that wants to be a welder when she grows up. I also stunt ride motorcycles and do stuff with Harley Davidson and speak at schools all over the country for our youth to get them ready for the next generation of welders and tradesmen. And I think that's it. I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> that that's can't it. be it. Come on. I there's got to be at least right seven other things. Hey, I'm working on my second book right now, which is going to be hey. really good. Yeah. And not a lot of people know this about me, but I write poetry. And so my next book is a poetry book. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty that's excited about it. That's super cool. Is your children's book out already? Yeah, it's been out for almost a year, I think, or something. Almost a year. I'm going to try to, I'm trying to start a, like a children's book series about trades and women in the trades, but also boys doing other jobs that aren't in the trades. If Bob wants to be a dressmaker or if he wants to be a nurse or if he wants to do makeup or hair or things like that, like 
And basically, there is no right or wrong way to do what you love. You should do it and unapologetically be yourself, and that purpose will find you. So I'm hoping that's what I'm going for. But, you know, I haven't gotten to the boy's side yet. I'm more focused on the girl side. I mean, go figure, because I'm a girl, but still. Hey, you're doing good work, though. Ever since we, we met last year at FabTech, and I was just like, we got the same kind of energy about us where you can't pin us down, you know? It's like, I know. It's like, they're kind of they're kind of wild, but they're doing a lot of good stuff. If I don't stay busy, I get in trouble. So I have Me to too. stay busy Me all too. the time. Otherwise, I'm just trouble. Me too. I yes. that's why there's no such thing as a weekend if you're always exactly. working. You, know? <laughs> you got to go to Born Free and show off this awesome motorcycle, and I definitely want to talk about the motorcycle world and fabrication. How did you first get involved in the fabrication side? Because you said you were stunt riding. Have you always been customizing motorcycles, or is this your first one? Actually, I'm not a motorcycle builder at all. And so I've always, I mean, I think everybody knows I kind of tinker with motorcycles. I wrench on them a little bit, bolt on parts here or there, but not, I mean, I have built like some stuff for bikes, like, because I run with a vast group of stunt riders. And so uh, some of those things require like some bars and like, you know, whatnot. And so I do build like stuff like that, but not to this level of magnitude of tearing something completely down and rebuilding it into a completely different motorcycle that is something i've never done but it's crazy how you know earlier we were talking about the different layers of welding how many people who build motorcycles they're all welders too i mean literally all welders also everybody's welding fabricating machining all of those kinds of things so it's so weird how we're not that disconnect between the pipe welding and oil filled welding community versus the art community versus the motorcycle fabrication, you know, industry. There's so many different gaps there, but really we're all together. So it's kind of cool to go from that gap in the welding world to the art world to building a motorcycle for Harley Davidson. That's pretty wild. (laughs) One of my first introductions to welding, I lived with a guy, he, used to he was a tank painter like he would paint tanks and fenders for people his name's spaghetti shout out spaghetti Spaghetti? oh my god what a badass name oh my god that's cool i'm gonna get a guest that says that uh, well i can reach out i'll see if i can (laughs) track down like he used to build custom motorcycles out in our garage and i would help him from time to time and but he introduced us to a bunch of like motorcycle clubs. Then we started playing a bunch of events and then we started going to born free, which is the event you just went to. And I'm so jealous because I love born free. It is so cool seeing that amount of bikes and custom bikes, you know, people, people. Oh my God. I literally, okay. So I went to born free Texas last year and it was the first born free they had in Texas. So I kind of had a little bit of an expectation but not really, not a California born free expectation. Mm -hmm. There were so many bodies there on Saturday that people were just like this, like walking through. There was motorcycles and bodies, motorcycles, bodies, motorcycle bodies, motorcycle parts, like literally the (laughs) whole ground, everything. It was insane, insanity. I mean, I'd seen a bunch of like customized 
but not custom bikes. There's a big difference in my mind where it's like you can customize a bike like what you were saying a little bit earlier about bolting on stuff. But when it's people are like fabricating like new seats, new sissy bars, doing the fenders, doing new exhaust, like all the and the handlebars like handlebars are always a real big customized piece i'm obsessed with it i miss it so much there's not a bunch of that stuff out you here in north carolina need to come you need to come to born free texas i think it would be really cool for people to see that there is so much more welding out there besides just working in the field you know what i mean there's so many yeah. talented builders born free is about chopper builds custom builds and stuff like that if you walk up to every single one of these motorcycles like at the show that we're there showing at the show somebody built every single piece that is on that bike somebody built it by hand which is fabricating machining all of that kind of stuff it's cool to see what brains come up with too with a lot of this equipment because a lot of this equipment services the field you know what i mean Sur yeah. services our gas station our pipes that go underneath the ground everything is so connected it's just so cool to see born free is it great is so if you cool. get a chance to go you should go everybody well, is looking. Uh, yeah everyone if you've never been you gotta check it out i mean don't yes. be afraid of like i know that a big thing in my past was like bikers get a really bad stigma it's like there's a lot of bad oh, stigmas sure. around it's like dangerous, I, but bikers have always been like some of the nicest people I've ever met. It's like once you talk to them, it's like we were talking about onions. There's layers. There's that outer layer where you just get that one off and then it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, there's the meat. There's the meat. Oh, right and there. they take care of each other. Yeah. It's literally like in the welding community. Like I have so many homies, you know, you, Austin, Scott from Precision. And like I have so many homies here in Texas that are a part of my welding community here that just offer support the same way the motorcycle community offers support, even in each other's builds or within each other's like parts. And like, hey, even when building the bike for Born Free, there was a part could not get my hands on until July and lo and behold Moose he's part of the motorcycle community he's been building bikes basically his whole life shows up boom saves the day we're able to start it everything is good to go just out of that community that reach that love for each other of like just building creating and fabricating these bikes it's it's really cool to watch i like it and like you said it's a bro that's it's like awesome. a brotherhood same way with welding <laughs> it's a brotherhood yeah i feel like that's one thing in the welding community that there's a lot of like niches you know like and clicks it's like you're people limit themselves a lot and we were kind of talking about this earlier of like just thinking that there's only these three main pathways there's the manufacturing the pipe welding or the structural side but like i am obsessed with finding new things that you can do with welding i talked to have you heard of friction stir welding yes i just That's... discovered what this was literally two weeks ago it's ago, pretty, I'm not I mean, it's crazy. In the automotive world, it's big time. And I mean, like with like electric vehicles and everything, like those big lithium batteries, like it's a way to weld batteries without them exploding in your face. Yep. Yeah. There's just so many different avenues in with your work from like doing the TV show, doing the commercials and going to all these different events. When you're trying to spread the word and get people into the industry, because that's a big thing everybody talks about. We need to get these people into the industry. What is your approach with 
describing welding to people? Like I said, there's so many different layers to welding that there's not really one necessarily thing. I don't think it's just welding. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because like we were talking about earlier, there's welding competitions, there's all of these different things, but the change within the community and what happens next begins with our, our youth, begins with our kids, right? And so we're trying to create a future for them by giving them these welding competitions, giving them all of, you know, these different avenues. But there's so many rules and so much stuff placed on them because we forget that they're just kids. That some things like welding pipe and those kinds of things can't give the same skill sets, I guess, as like what art or creating a sculpture would do. So we were talking about a welding competition that I was involved in last year that I'm like really going to get heavy involved in again. This next year, it's going to be in March, but it's a metal art competition where you build with scrap that's on site. So basically you have to utilize the materials that are given to you and manipulate the metal to make it do what you want out of the materials that are given to you to create a sculpture. But it also has to be structural sound. But if we can't pick it up with a forklift and it falls apart, then obviously you can't install that. You can't install that. So you have to have good weld solid welds on this but it's not always about the appearance of the weld it's about you know what is welded together so in this competition they're learning how to be innovative how to utilize the things that are around them how when you don't have many supplies many tools many whatever how to incorporate that into a piece that you're fixing a weld and present i mean that's how i started that's what i do every single day i don't have strict plans for every single sculpture I've built. I've never built every single sculpture I've built ever before besides this is armadillo number two behind me, which has gone a lot faster than the first armadillo. You know what I mean? Because you build one, (laughs) you get quicker doing it the second time. So there's so much stuff and so many skills that go within it. And there was a teacher and a welding instructor, I'm not going to say his name, that said, well, I'm glad I didn't go to that welding competition because it's such a waste of time. But if is it, how is it a waste of time? He said that we aren't teaching real world skills. First off, you forget these are kids, okay? They're kids and there's only so much pipe you can weld. But you know what these kids learned? They learned how to utilize the materials that are at hand, the tools that are at hand, learn how to be creative and manipulate that metal and all of these different things. And they're gonna be able to walk into a room and say, I've built a sculpture before. And they're going to understand plans better. They're going to understand all these. When you come to a stop and you don't know what to do next, they're going to know how to figure out a plan to do the next step with what they're given. There's a whole bunch of avenues and layers to this. And it's sad that even instructors and teachers, they're just immediately closing off that there's so many different layers to welding and avenues to make money in the industry. Like we push these kids to pipe at oil field, but like what we were talking about earlier, yeah, they're going to make a ton of money in the two or three months that they're in this contract job. And then they don't tell you they're going to be looking for a job for another four or five months. They forget the in welding schools and all of these places, you forget to tell them the bad part that comes with welding pipe and being on the pipeline. You fill these kids with all this, oh, they can make a ton of money, ton of money, ton of money. Stay away from the things that don't make money, like metal art or like sculptures or motorcycles or any of that other stuff. They just push, push, push here. But I make a a great living 
making yeah. metal art. There's people that make a great living building motorcycles. There's people that make a great living doing all these other avenues of welding. And we're just pushing the youth to go do that, which is causing debt. All these kids are driving around these big ass trucks with all this equipment on them and they don't have docks for four months and it eats the gas. They don't tell you all of these insurance and avenues and all these things that go into running a welding business versus just jumping, getting all of this stuff because that's what the welding stigma is. Big trucks, big welders, RVs, all of that kind of stuff. But separating that, taking a step back and saying, all right, well, you know, I started making sculptures. When I first started making sculptures, I was selling them for $25 on Facebook Marketplace, which was trading posts at the time. And then up my prices to 50, then up my prices to 100, then 150. And then before I knew it, I found that one niche that stuck, which was the fire extinguishers. Started selling those up to my price on those. And now I only do a limited run of maybe 10 of them once a year, right before Christmas for firefighters, just to stay in tune with my firefighter side. And I sell them for a ton of money. And you're going to tell these kids they can't make money making metal art? Like they can yeah. only make money in the field? No. No. Honey Boo, I am telling you, there <laughs> is money to be made in other avenues of welding. And I am 100% guilty of being that person that pushed pipe also too. But now I'm like, go work for SpaceX. Build art. Go work on motorcycles. Go get a job with Harley Davidson. Go other areas or find what you love and then learn how to make money out of it. It's that simple. If machining stuff is where your heart is, then machine stuff, learn how to make money out of it. There's so many different avenues that we don't have to just push just those couple of things on kids, but giving them false hope within those things that they can make a, a ton of money when really there is a lot of art heartache that comes within it. But I'm also not saying that within art, too. I tried to be an yeah. artist full time when I left the tow business to go into the fire service because I thought that, you know, oh, I can make it. I can make a living doing this. And this is when I was selling sculptures for $200. You know what I mean? Thinking I could make a living there. Failed miserably. Absolutely miserably. Could not make any money. Couldn't sell anything. Could nothing. But... I don't let pride get in the way. What do I do? I went and picked up a waitressing job. I was still making art on the side, but I was waitressing. I was still chasing the fire department. I was doing all of those things, waiting for my time to open the door and jump and do art full time and make a living at it, but utilizing all the platforms. There's so many different areas. I mean, I could TED talk this all day long. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, it's really refreshing to hear, you know, because I'm from the music world and I was a musician, but that also means I was a waiter. I was a bartender. Luckily, I got into bartending. I always tell people, it's like, hey, if you want to do something creative, get a bartending gig on the side. For it's, sure. I for love sure, it. I love sure. it. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of forced into this idea, even in the welding world, where it's like, okay, I, I got to learn how to weld and then I got to go get a job with somebody instead of I got to learn how to weld and then I got to start doing my own thing like that's what I did when I went to school I was like all right I'm gonna go to welding school I got a fabrication job I was working at a steel yard I was like you know what like I'm gonna bartend and I'm just gonna do jobs 
like I'm going to just weld for because like I had all these friends in the in the bar and restaurant world and they all needed stuff like, you know, you, you can't find something to fit into this small corner and everybody else wants to charge me a ridiculous amount of money. Like that's that's where you find it. You just got to kind of make a name for yourself and doing work that other people don't want to do. I'm going to do a kickboxing gym repair and fabrication for it. Like they need some speed bags fixed up. So I'm going to fix one of their stands and then we're going to fabricate a brand new one for him. He gave me plans and everything, but it's like when I think welding, it's like, I'm not going to make money at a kickboxing gym. You know, you could, you know, it's like with welding, there's so many ways to make money doing it and so many different avenues that you could go with it. It drives me crazy that everyone has such a small view of it. Even going to Fabtech, like I loved Fabtech. It was so cool seeing all this different stuff, but like everything was just like industry, industry. Okay. Industry is just a small part. Like when, when we think of like pipe welding and manufacturing structural, it's like that is important. Yes. Infrastructure, very important, but There's so many other things that need welding and there's so many other ways that you can find your place in the welding world. And I just, I love that you're out there fighting for it because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying, like, I'm I'm just this random guy that started talking to welders, you know, (laughs) and I just want to show people there's so many avenues for you. There really is. And like when I started welding, like I, I mean, I wasn't planning on doing this for a living. I just needed a place to go to let go of all the feelings that I hold because I'm a batshit crazy artist. That's just where, what I needed in my life. You know what I mean? And when I found it, it lit something in me. And it was weird because every part of my life, this seemed like it was always really hard to just fit in. But for some reason, art was always just so easy. And like when I finally let go of the fire department and like really trusted myself and really got into a good place with what I was doing on the side to jump to do this full time, because I was only doing welding part time up until just three, four years ago. I just started doing this full time not that long ago. I left the fire department like when I got that big sculpture in Midland, which was the very first structural install piece I've ever done. I was doing fire extinguishers before that. And that was that 30 foot hot air balloon made out of all recycled oil filled materials. And so because I got that sculpture, I jumped. And when I jumped, I didn't just say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is all I'm going to do. And if people don't buy it, I mean, this is all people are going to buy. Like I didn't stay to one thing. Like if people called me for a job, whether it was fixing a lawnmower blade, I did it. This city once called me because they couldn't find a welder to weld a cap on a water main here. Guess who did it? I did it. I didn't have a welding rig set up then. You know what I did? I loaded my generator. I loaded my welder. I loaded everything in the bed of my truck my regular pickup and drove and welded this cap in and just doing jobs after jobs after jobs. I had to do all the things I didn't want to do to get to the stuff that I want to do. And not saying that the sculptures that I build now are not what I want to build, but there's still so much in here that I haven't even touched. That's my own that I want to build, you know what I mean? That are my own ideas versus just commissions. And so I'm finally getting to a point where my commissions are starting to turn into, I want to do what you want to do, which is changing everything. But you have to get to that point. I started welding, what, nine, 10 years ago. That's it. 
nine, 10 years ago, just welding, just to weld. My first piece of equipment was plasma gutter, right? Which kind of set the tone yeah. for my life, <laughs> right? First yeah. piece of equipment, plasma cutter. I was a tow truck driver. What did I do? I took home shit from the tow yard and started cutting it up, right? That's where kind of the freehand plasma cutting skills came from. And then what? I joined, I got into the academy, took that fire extinguisher class, started cutting on fire extinguishers, which the term where everybody calls me the human CNC, that came from the fire extinguishers because people like these departments were sending me their patches. And I don't have time to sit there and draw every single patch on. It's, I set up my phone, see the patch, we're cutting it on, we're moving to the next. Set up my phone for the next patch, we're cutting it on and we're moving to the next. Because it got to the point where on my days off, that's all I was doing was making fire extinguishers one of our works for the fire department. And I was pumping them out. So you have to do the things you don't want to do to get to the things you want to do. It's a process. People think you're just going to go into it and make a ton of money and uh, no, I blood, sweat, and tears that goes into this. It's a lot of failing, failing, but yeah. failing is not failing. It's just a simple redirection. So there's a lot of redirections. It's also a lot of your thoughts and like putting your thoughts out there because your thoughts are energy. And if you're constantly thinking negative thoughts, you're constantly thinking, I'm not going to sell. You're constantly thinking you're always going to have problems because you're projecting that energy into the universe and it's going to return itself back to you. And your work and your things and what you're pursuing. I'm like, I went through this whole life change. Probably it was next year will be five years that I woke up and decided I'm not going to live this life anymore. I'm going to be a millionaire. And it's not about the money. It's never been about the money or the dollar. It's about the mindset. When yeah. I shifted that mindset, my whole career changed. But not only did my whole career change, my whole mindset on the welding world and what it can be and what it is for our next generation completely changed because now I'm seeing littles get into it. Like I've got flowers in my sunroom that girls five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old have welded me. Girls that young welded from That's in, in here, in my house. You know what I mean? There's a dream gap there. That happens when you're in elementary school where you decide you want to be something when you grow up and then life happens and it makes that gap just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you start separating yourself from your dreams and what you want. And that's what I'm saying. It starts with if we want to change in the future, it starts with our littles and giving them that area to where we're closing the dream gap and they can literally be welders, drywallers, concrete workers, dressmakers. All of these different things because it's all a trade. Everything is a trade. Everything is passion. Everything is creativity. And we have to feed that within them. Otherwise, they'll never get it. But we have people like instructors that are like, oh, that's a waste of time to go build metal art. Well, sir, it is yeah. not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. there's so much within that space. And even you, see, I'm sure you saw it at Fabtech, too, because you've been to Fabtech every year, haven't you? Or was last, last year, year was year? my first time. I'm a, I'm going, a welding baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's me too. I'm still a welding baby though. But I went Fabtech 2019 and up until, obviously we missed one year. It was when COVID, but up until I'm going this year, of course, I'm sure you are too. So we're going to see each other. Oh, yeah. We got big plans already this year. <laughs> so uh, y'all be on the lookout for that. We're going to be doing some crazy stuff, but the girls, the number of young girls or just the number of bodies that have just shown up at Fabtech over the last couple of years. Last year, so many young girls, 
so many young men, young yeah. kids out of high school, like barely out of high school, just in fab tech, just living their freest lives, learning about the industry, educating themselves, da, 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 da. metal arts there. Oh my God, the metal art too that has made an appearance at, at FabTech versus when I first started, when I first got into FabTech, there was no metal art. There was no women. Yeah. There was never even a line in the women's restroom ever. I had the bathroom to myself the hey, whole time. Ups and downs, you know, ups and downs. There's good and bad, but. But now it's changing. <laughs> the industry is changing so much. I'm just so proud to be a part of it. I'm so proud I'm that too. I just get to witness this next generation move in. But also I can talk a lot and I'm going to shut up. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a school that'll give you the art time you need and skills to succeed out in the workforce? Look no further than our friends over at Art Labs. With four locations spread across South Carolina and one out in Houston, you have plenty of options on where to attend. Learn from professionals in the pipe, structural, pharmaceuticals, shipbuilding, and construction industries who will teach you more than just how to pass a test, but how to excel in your job. Speaking of jobs, they also work with you on job placement offering guidance on industries and prepping you for what you will encounter not only on their weld test, but also out in the field. They've even started a new internship program where you can get real-world experience that can turn into your next job. Their students have gone on to land jobs with companies like Lockheed Martin, Boiler Tube of America, Arc Energy, Crowder, Ingalls, and many more. If you're ready to jump into a career and get the best training around, head on over to artlabs.edu to find out more information today. Have you experienced the power of black and yellow yet? Those are the sharp shades of Aesop welding and cutting. And though the brand has been around since 1904, its welding power doesn't live in the past. Oh no. Aesop is breaking through the limits of what welding equipment can do every damn day. Plug into the full MIG, TIG, and stick package of Rebel. See under the hood with Sentinel's wide view and perfect optics. Cut time and mistakes with Thermodynamics Manual Plasma Cutter. Simplify your automated welding with the app-based software of Aesop Cobot. Even go off-grid with the Ruffian, the best compact engine drive you'll ever lay your gloves on. Or Volt, the first and only welder to run on DeWalt standard power tool batteries. How incredibly powerful is that partnership? Aesop is leading a new age of welding power. And that power belongs in your hands. Check out the full light and heavy industrial lineups at esop.com. The welding world is a very passionate world. Like people are very passionate about what they do, but I think it it can be to a downfall or to a fault sometimes, especially, you know, the internet culture is very toxic when oh, it comes to I, like I either people being new or women in welding. Like I, we just started up our women in welding feature every week because like, I was like, we gotta shine a light on these cool people doing cool stuff that are women in the industry and don't get that recognition. And like, I hate seeing the, toxic comments that come in i'm just like what is the point i was I, like what i don't i just don't get it it's you just know? you know what i just it's a, a reflection of themselves that's the way i yeah. look at it when you're writing that comment are you looking at the are you looking in the mirror when you write that comment 
I mean, it's just people are mean. Also, to keep the hate coming, it keeps me on the algorithm. So if you want to keep <laughs> commenting, yeah, if you want to argue back and forth, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> it keeps, it's going to bring more views, more things my way. So keep on coming. But I'm also like, I'm gray, so there's no color gray when it comes to me. It's always either there or not there. And like in the industry, a lot of gatekeepers are like, oh, you're not a real welder. You're just a tack welder. But I have hundreds of hours of welding and sculptures, and they're telling me I'm a tack welder. But also the automotive industry, we got, I cut up all these rare cars and they get so ass hurt about it. Like it's their car. You know what I mean? But Wait till y'all see what I have coming next. It's going to burn. All the enthusiasts are going to want to burn down my house after this one. I'm not going to say it here because I'm just going to, I'm just going to we'll save it. it. We'll save it. it. Yeah. We're going to save that for that. You know, the next podcast, the next one. Next one. Absolutely. I, yeah. No, let the hate come. Keep hating. It's just the internet. It's so funny. I like, it just blows my mind. I mean, because the music world, there's a lot of hate, but not anywhere near. This is the most toxic industry I've ever been in, but I like, i I it's I want to be a yeah. I mean I like I want to be a part of the change of changing it. It's like that's one of my big goals. It's like I want people to see there's other avenues, and I just want people to be ex- like just respected for the work they do. You know that's a passion of mine. Like if you're putting your heart and soul into something, like you're worth it. It's worth your passion for something. And like kids, they get that beat out of them in school a lot of time. It's like the passion for. I mean, I went to school for acting, and that was what I got. Shut my, up! Yeah, I have an acting I degree. Yep. Yeah, hey. and it was really funny. I got into the acting program, and then I ended up being like, I don't want to be an actor. I want to be a musician. But I'll finish this out. But even like in school, doing something as fun as acting, you know, it's, it was beat out of me. Like the joy really? of going out. Yeah, because they're just like, it's really hard to go make money. It's, it's hard to make money anywhere. It's hard to it's make hard. money. You can literally go be a waitress (laughs) and it's hard to make money. Anything in every avenue of your life, it's hard to make money. So you're correct. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it's just the fact that I went to school for four years and after two years, I was just like, don't want to do that. I got a lot of roles. Like I did a lot of stuff in acting, but it was like constantly just like feeling not good enough. And I feel like that just kind of translates to art in general, not just acting, not just art not music, like just anything that people use their brain to come up with, people decide that it's not worth something. Like it it drives me crazy. Writing songs, it's like people are like, oh yeah, you can get paid an experience. It's, this is still a valuable trade. Like this is something that has never been made before. This is brand new. That's what I love about art is like, it's an expression of you and no one can say what is right and what's wrong with art because it's just an expression of you and you created something new. Like that is the biggest thing I try to tell kids is if you want to be an artist or you want to be a musician or whatever, don't worry if it's good or not because it's new. It's something that you added to the universe. It's like you That's pulled gonna that. live there forever. Yeah. It's gonna live there forever. I tell people yeah. I'm immortal because I have so many songs out in the world that they're never gonna go away. They're gonna be out there. Forever. If someone listens to them or not, that doesn't matter to me. It's I added to the world. And that's what I love about you is you add to the world and you try to get more people into it. Yeah, I'm, could you imagine in ten thousand years somebody digs up my metal armadillo and they're like, <laughs> What is this? And like, then armadillos wow. are in st- extinct and they're like, 
what kind of creature is this? What if da 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 da? And then what if they like paint me as like some crazy like Egyptian princess, and that was like my like pet and all kind? We don't know. We don't know. We're just leaving all these things for the world to just have for the rest of eternity, or that Earth is here. But also, people forget we're just on a rock, yeah, floating in a bunch of nothingness. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know. Create the art. Who cares if you think it's bad? Who cares if they think it's bad? Who cares if it's not good right now? Eventually, one day, it's going to be good. My art was terrible until it, even now. I still think it's terrible. <laughs> but, you know, it's just It's, it's great. It's great. I like it's just yeah. creating. Like it is one of my favorite things in the world is creating. And I have this theory too that everybody is born with a sense to create, right? It's things in our life that feed that and that's where art comes from. That's where music comes from. That's where the people that sit and knit the sweaters come from. That's where jewelry makers come from. That's where designers come from and makeup artists come from. Are these these people that feed into that creativity. I think everybody has it. Every yeah. single person on this planet is fed with creativity from birth. But it's got to be something in your life that like makes it come out. And just some people, mine, just so happens to be childhood trauma. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like trauma that I've caused myself because I had unhealed childhood trauma. You know, like just different things like that. And if you feed into it, then you learn how to make money at it, right? Because now COVID has really put us in this place where now everybody can work for themselves yeah. if they really wanted to. If they had the drive, if they had the passion, all you have to do is tap into that natural tool that has already been given to you and planted inside your body and your soul, your heart, and your mind since birth. And you could literally make money at it. The pandemic. TikTok. I mean, look at how many people make money off TikTok just from they like post a sweater and it like goes viral and then <laughs> yeah. they sell 700,000 of them. You know I what know. I mean? The gatekeepers. The gatekeepers, they're no longer there. That's the thing. As much as people like TikTok has been so controversial. The reason why I feel like it's so controversial is that it is, there's not a gatekeeper. You know, it's like there's an algorithm, but people aren't just put, they're not feeding it one way or the other. It's just, oh, people are, they seem to like this. Let's show it to everybody. And that's never happened before where you can just show what you do and if people like it, it'll get showed to millions of people. And yep. then you have a voice in the world. Like, I love that. Yep. And, like, it's kind of, I keep going back. I know this is a welding podcast, but I keep going back <laughs> to the music world where it's like back in the day, you used to have a record deal and have a record company put your stuff out. And then the internet came around and changed it. And it was like, was well, like, oh, COVID changed it too. Look at how many independent people that are putting music out. On their own with no record companies, no record deals, no nothing, and making a killing off their own music. You know what I mean? Because, like, we, I don't, I mean, I, Taylor Swift is just an example. Also, I'm a Swiftie. She's a, a, an incredible songwriter, right? All of that music that she had within her label took all of it. You know what I mean? I took know. all the rights, took everything. What did she do? She just fought. To get it all back, it was she just got all of her music back, and now she's re-releasing it under herself. People on TikTok are using sounds; their music is going viral. They're putting it up on their own on iTunes, and it's creating revenue for them. There's so many people. There's a girl, 
I don't know how to pronounce her name right. She's new. But she went viral on TikTok. Just a song that she's doing. Now she's playing shows all over the country. But no I- record label. No nothing. Putting out her own music. Showing, doing shows all over the country. Everything. Making her own music videos. Making her own thing. No record label, which that is what COVID has given us, that you don't have to have that now. I love that, yeah, COVID was devastating, but it proved to the world that you can literally do whatever you want on your own. Yeah. I, it was like, no matter it what. forced you. Like, that was the thing that, it forced you to kind of look outside of what you thought your life was. And, yep. like, it was hard. Like, it was really hard mm-hmm. year, multiple years now. But, like, I feel like... I'm really grateful for the experiences I had, no matter how bad they were. It's like, it changed me to my core, but it showed me it's, Hey, you're worth something. And everything you do is worth something to somebody. And just, I, that's a big passion of mine is trying to show people you're worth it. Whatever you're doing, it's worth doing. And I'm so proud that you're out there doing that too. It's just, I'm we're happy. Doing it together. We're yeah, doing we're it together. we're gonna change we're this world one welder at a time. Hell <laughs> yeah, brother! I mean, we could talk all day. We got to do this more often because this is fun. anytime you're ready. <laughs> I mean, I know my schedule is a little wild these days. It's kind of hard to pin me down, but anytime. I mean, wherever I'm at, I mean, I can do it on my phone anywhere I'm at as long yeah. as I got Wi-Fi. So you just tell me when you're ready, and I'll yeah. be there. No, absolutely, absolutely, and. But I do always try to end each episode with a little knowledge nugget for people. What would be your biggest advice? Let's say there's someone out there that wants to get into the art world, but they're afraid. What would your biggest advice be to them? It's like, how do I break through this insecurity of not thinking I'm good enough to make art? I am going to say what I always say because I don't feel like it's embedded into people's brains enough, which is my whole life, my whole life, I felt like every single thing I was doing, I failed at or I was failing or I did fail at. But had I not done those things, had I not walked through those chapters, had I not made those decisions, had I not messed up over and over and over again, I wouldn't even be here talking to you on this podcast, talking about what I'm talking about, all the changes that we want to make in this industry. I would not have years. I would not have the time. I would not have the scars. I would not have the art in the world for anybody had I not done that, had I not failed, had I not almost given up, had I not given up, had I not hit rock bottom 15 times, had I not had all those things happen to me. So... Failures are not failures. They're just simply simply redirections, and you need to trust it. Walk through those seasons of your life. Walk through those chapters, even the bad ones. It's always temporary. There's always going to be something else out there, and it's going to lead you into that redirection. But in order for it to work, your thoughts are energy, even the negative thoughts. If you do not control here, you will never make it there. So remember that. I love it. I love it, Ray. I love it. That's so good. It's because I'm fucked up so much in my life. Hey, Trust me, I promise you. The reason good. I love it so much is I'm the exact same way. Like I, I've always failed forward, though. I feel like yeah. that's the way. You got to fail forward. And, and two, don't, don't ever feel like you're ashamed because you have to take 10 steps back. 
Yeah. Sometimes you have to take those steps back in order to take steps forward. Even if you have to take 10 steps back and only two steps forward, you're still making progress. You're still moving in a right direction. But sometimes you have to hit reset. Sometimes you have to start over. Sometimes you have to let that redirection give you the new direction. If you don't trust it, you're not going to get where you want to be. But also thoughts, you gotta energy. Eat that humble pie. At Damn least right. it's pie. Because <laughs> this thing, I mean, I still have bad days. I still have bad things that happen. And I know a lot of people see my social media and think that my life is just peaches and cream. And I can promise you... There is a movie that's probably coming out at the end of the year, maybe, that's going to show that it's not. Damn. This isn't cream. Just know that what you see on social media, too, is not always real life. And even though, I, you know what term I hate that I've been hearing a lot is the rag to riches? I hear that a lot. <laughs> oh, she's just rag to riches. No, sir. I am not. I worked my ass off to get here. You didn't see me cry myself to sleep. You didn't see me the day that I couldn't get out of bed or the week I couldn't get out of bed or any of those things, this being in here and wanting to give up and quit and go work at McDonald's. And you don't see those things. You just see what I post, what I give you, the world to see. Yeah. There's so many different layers there. There's so many things you got to fail. You have to walk through the chapters and you have to control your thoughts. Otherwise, they're going to control you. Just I love it, Ray. Do it. Just full do it. sin. Full do sin. it. Full sin. Yeah, what is that? Do it. Do it. Is that how he does it? Do it. Do, do it. it. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Yes. Just do it. Just, Just do it. Go for it. And if you fuck it up, who cares? Do it again. And if you mess it up again, who cares? Do it again. You get 80 years, maybe, if you're lucky. Full sin. And you only die once, so live every single day. That is beautiful and i can't think of a better way to end the episode i just want to say thank you so much for coming on i'm glad we finally got it to we the stars aligned and we made it happen and yes it's, it's gonna be i can't wait until fab tech because we're going to have a blast we're gonna have so much fun <laughs> i'm gonna bring a bullhorn if anybody came to 2019 just know the bullhorn is coming back it's back baby it's coming back i can't wait i can't wait we're going to be a motley crew out there, but it's yeah, going to be fun. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to have a lot of fun. But I can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to see everybody else there. And I'm super excited. I, Me too. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Ray, for being such an amazing guest. And I can't wait to get crazy out at Fabtech. I also want to send a huge thank you out to our sponsors, Outlaw Leather, Lincoln Electric, Arc Labs, and ESOB for making the show possible and helping us all learn about the different pathways available in the welding world. If you have a topic that you'd like me to cover or you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me in the Weld app at BoDidIt or shoot me an email to bowdw@weld.com. Speaking of the app, if you needed help dialing in your settings, we have a welding calculator built into the app to help get you pointed in the right direction. Download the app today and see everything it can do to help you get to that next level in your career. Until next week, we'll see you out there. <laughs>